Raiders 30, Giants 6. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeaKeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And man, this this feels like rock bottom, right? You're, you're playing probably the worst team on your schedule the rest of the season. If not, you know, the Patriots would probably be the only team that's worse, at least talent-wise. You start out looking like shit on offense. DJ missing throws like crazy. The defense getting ran all over. And then DJ looks to have like he's torn his ACL per Ian Rappaport and other insiders. Justin, I mean, we're, we got to lead off with the DJ stuff. It's, it's, it seems like he's done for the season. Yeah. Obviously, he's going to have a long road of recovery. And with the way the season went before his uh, neck injury and then having the neck injury and now this, it's inevitable to feel like this could be the end of Daniel Jones being the, the starting quarterback for the Giants going forward. I can't believe... Well, it, was, it was 11 months ago, 11 months ago, January 15th, 2023. We were at Mr. Purple celebrating a playoff win, hugging complete strangers, but at the same time, they're not complete strangers, celebrating that this Giants team was moving in the right direction. That was 11 months ago. Now just nine games, nine Games into this season after signing Daniel Jones to a four-year, $160 million contract, we're talking about how his Giants career could be over and how the Giants will definitely need to be looking to upgrade the QB position, even if the torn ACL reports initially aren't true. But it looks like they're they're really true. So I, 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 I just can't believe, before I talked about, oh, I'm outraged on this, and this is, this is bullshit, and this is wrong, and this is where the Giants messed up here, blah, 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 blah. Before you just get into the fan, 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 reaction, 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 blah, 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 blah. I just can't believe that we're nine games into this season following a season where we made the playoffs or even forget that we made the playoffs, but process was right. Coaching was right. Decisions were right. Process was sound. We saw the the progress. And, you know, it's not saying that I don't, I don't believe in Dable. I don't believe in Shane, but nine games into a season and we're just talking about how, yeah, Daniel Jones's career with the Giants is like, maybe over. I mean, we're two weeks away from the bye week and we're talking about how the Giants might win one more game this <laughs> season, right? Like Tyrod Taylor's on IR. Uh, so at most he would miss the next uh, three weeks and you're going to be starting Tommy DeVito and Matt Barkley versus the Dallas Cowboys next week. Like you're not going to, they're not going to be favored any, any game for the rest of the season. And right now they have the fourth pick in the draft. Um, Obviously this, Sucks for Daniel Jones, right? And he got injured on a previous play, came back, you know, was looked at by trainers, and, you know, they he said he's all right. They said he's all right, goes back in, and then just falls on the ground on his drop back. And at that point, you're like, oh, gosh, that's 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 really bad. And, um, again, it's nothing is 100% confirmed right now. I have to do MIRIs and x-rays. But to have multiple reporters – saying that they fear it's a torn ACL, it feels like it's a torn. It, it it would be shocking if they find out that it's not a torn ACL. And even then, his season, his time is is coming. It's coming to an end, right? You cannot yeah. be in a position to go in the top five, and, and they're going to end up probably taking that quarterback. And, and part of it is, and it's not just, oh, well, he got hurt. 
He played his worst stretch of football before the neck injury as a giant, right? Like if this season is over, we will look at what season did Daniel Jones put the worst film on tape. Not even look at numbers, just worst worst film on tape. And it's going to be his fifth year in his career in the first year of a $160 million contract. And this contract was always built as like a two, maybe three, you know, drafting a QB after two, maybe th- or three years, maybe two years. And like you said, we're, we're not even at the bye week of year one. And it seems like a foregone conclusion that they're going to be working to get out of this. It's crazy. <laughs> I was, we were both very, very quiet. Thank you to the, to the, um, just giants podcast. Uh, yeah. We wouldn't have been able to do the stream without them. The grump just been like sitting there silently. Yeah. Grump and the cranky fan for joining us because uh, I mean, you, you were relatively quiet the second half. I was relatively quiet in the second half. Cause again, I, I just, I can't believe that this is, this is the giants team this year. And you know, I don't, I don't, I feel bad talking about this now, but you mentioned not even looking statistically. Is this Daniel Jones's worst season as a pro um, adjusted passing on pro football reference? You know, 100 is average. The number 100 is average. Um, below 100 is below average. And then above 100 is above average. Yards per attempt on adjusted passing. This is the worst of his career. Um, completion percentage plus. This is the best. But touchdown percentage plus. It's the worst. Interception plus. It's the worst. And then sack percentage plus. It's by far the worst. And QB rating plus. It's the worst. So, not just on film, statistically, this is also, you can, you know, even his rookie year where he threw a ton of interceptions and had a ton of turnovers. Like, this is the worst year that Daniel Jones has put on film and, and stats-wise of, of his entire career. And him tearing his ACL just really puts the cherry on top. Yeah, it's like, okay, um, this is this is really done. Yeah, and he's probably, like, not, not even ready for week one next year. <sighs> Yeah, and even if he is, like this team has to move forward. Yeah, uh, unless, they, they, we were going to be looking, we were going to be having this conversation anyway, even if Daniel Jones finishes yeah, the year. Yeah, we're we're having this conversation beginning of Jan, more deeper into this conversation, more into January. But now the season is likely over, and we're having it now. Um, I mean, even before this game, even before the injury, Justin, we were sitting back shocked too. Oh my god! Because Daniel Jones was four of nine, twenty-five yards. First play of the game, just. I'm telling you, I've never seen just a he sails it over Saquon on a on a short pass on an out route, and I'm telling you, I I had been watching him for five years. I think that's just the worst miss ever, right? Because it's a quick pass, and he just threw it over him. Then he scrambles on his next play and and dirts it to Wandale, which would have been a first down. Um, you know, you complete a third down uh, pass that doesn't get it to uh, first down. Uh, and then you miss Hyde out of bounds. Then then Slayton uh, on the almost interception, uh, and then <laughs> and then you uh, you know complete some quick passes, and then the overthrow of Jalen Hyatt, where Jalen Hyatt's wide open. Yeah. Well, you know, t- big play touchdown, whatever, and just misses him. I get, like the game. His game ended quickly, but I was I was sitting there like this is the worst stretch of just not decisions where it just throws where it's yeah. like oh my god he's just flat out missing. There was no zip on his on his balls. Yeah, the the deep throws to Jalen Hyatt stayed up in the air forever. It felt like there was little velocity on them. Um, you know, the, just airmailed the first throw of the game. I mean that that's a that's a check down flat in the flats. Yeah, and he just airmailed it out of bounds. I had to double check and make sure there wasn't like a corner off that I didn't see on screen where he was throwing it away, and it was like nope that he just he and he was laid on it. So he didn't look ready. He he didn't he didn't look ready and prepared to 
be back. Yeah, but regardless, he's been throwing in practice, you know, cleared to play. Like, there had to be some sign of... of and that's the frustrating... You know, that's the really... It's the frustrating thing. And Daniel Jones tearing his ACL today has nothing to do with him being cleared or not. I, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't think it has anything to do with the neck and, you know, him coming back. He, he tore his ACL, like, uh, and he it was a non-contact injury. You know, maybe he would have done that anyway if his neck was 100%. But you can't deny the fact that he did not fully look comfortable out there. And and I'm sorry, I'm done. I'm done giving this. They don't deserve the benefit of the doubt anymore, Bobby. The The, the reporters aren't there. So that's all. That's that's partially the problem is that the reporters get a very limited view of what Giants practices are. They don't see that the large majority of the team portions. It's also on the beat reporters to do the work and to actually get in there and to actually find out what the fuck is going on because it was Diana Rossini who it's a throwaway point in her article on what Saturday, Saturday yeah. afternoon, Saturday night. Yeah, it's a throwaway point in her article that Daniel Jones isn't one hundred percent yet, and that was news to all of us. And that's like, whoa, well, this is actually a pretty big deal. That the fact that he's cleared, but he still is maybe feeling a little bit of pain in his neck. Throwaway line by Diana Rossini, but not on top. But our beat reporters aren't on top of it anyway. I'm done giving this this coaching staff the benefit of the doubt when it comes to management of injuries because you saw it with how they managed the whole Daniel Jones thing from the Commanders game to the Jets game, the Friday doctor's appointment to the Sunday morning doctor's appointment. You saw how they managed Andrew Thomas, even though he had a setback and they played it. They played Andrew Thomas for an extra three quarters when they didn't when they didn't need to play Andrew Thomas for an extra three quarters. And then you saw how they just managed the Graham Gano situation, lost us the Jets game. I'm done giving them the benefit of the doubt. I'm done. Yeah, it's. It's, I, I don't have much to add to that. It's just injuries and just guys not stepping up. Um, it's just been the the worst-case scenario for this season for the Giants. <laughs> um, right? Like, this is this was this this game that the Giants got their ass kicked by the Raiders was Saquon Barkley's best game as a Giant this season, yeah. right? Um, like, and, you know, this defense has been dominating – got worked from, you know, start to finish until the Raiders basically just kind of, you know, put it, you know, in cruise control and, and you know, ended the game. Right. Let's just say Daniel Jones finishes the game healthy. I'm way more disappointed in the defense that's been a top five unit in the NFL over the last month than I am in Daniel Jones necessarily. Um, I would be more, if, if he continued to play like that, I'd be more disappointed in Daniel Jones. But, I mean, it's just disappointment all, all around. Right, right. right? I don't even care about the deep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> Daniel Jones tore, tore his ACL. Yeah, it's just Raiders are probably the least talented team that you'll play outside the Patriots for the rest of the year. Um, yeah. Now they had the interim coach, and, and they kicked you. They kicked the, their ass. Oh yeah, it was kicked dumb. their it, ass. It was, it was never even close to a game after their after their second touchdown. Um, why don't we do an ad and then we'll move on from the Daniel Jones conversation? Obviously, sucks. You feel horrible for him. Um, there's a lot of time before the draft, right? So there's going to be speculation, all that shit. Um, so I, I don't want to spend the rest of the season talking about this Daniel Jones draft a QB. But right now in the moment, it it, it feels like I've seen it. Maybe not his last snap as a giant, but last snap without a quarterback who's been yeah. drafted to replace him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll just, I'll just, I, I, I root for Daniel Jones. I, I, I like Daniel Jones. Um, root for the guys in blue, and that's and that's what we've done for the last couple of years, and. This dude's been through a lot of shit. You know, John John Mayer's John Mayer's not wrong when you know when he said what was it last year that you know we've we've done a lot of things to try and ruin this kid and he and he's right. 
Um, he has responded to the adversity, and it's just a shame that this is the way that it could maybe like and at least it like it with him as like the full time starter. Well, it's not just ending because he tore his ACL though. Like he put his worst film. Yeah, on, his worst film as a pro has been this year. His worst numbers as a pro are this year, right? So if he was having a good year this year in the Saturday ACL, it's it's a more complicated conversation. But right. to have that, have a second neck injury, now a torn ACL. Again, we're, we'll deal with all that shit. We haven't even, like, people, like, which quarterback you want? I don't know. I haven't watched, I have I haven't no watched the game of all 22 on any of them, right? I see highlights and watch some college football here or there. But um, it's it seems like an obvious decision depending on uh, what happens going up into the draft. They're going to need one. They're um, need one. Feel bad for Daniel Jones. Justin, you- winter is here. Oh. And it sure feels like that. And for, and for me, that means struggling to find the right temperature when I sleep. And especially in, in Florida, too, it can still, you know, be a little hot at times. I recently found a way to stay at the perfect temperature all night long using silver-infused bed sheets by Miracle Made that were inspired by NASA. NASA. Mm. I live at NASA, basically. You do. Like, you, you hear, like, I hear and see the rockets going up. Love NASA. Self-cooling properties for better quality sleep. Miracle Made uh, sleep, not seep. Not seep or sheep. Miracle made sheets are uh, thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature. They are self cleaning. They prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, which can clog your pores, allowing them to stay cleaner and fresh. Luxury comfort and quality, Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands. Justin, we get like, whenever we, you know, have a, a new uh, ad, they send us stuff. Yeah. Miracle Made was one of the best, if not the best thing that was sent to me. Like I they're, I, I I run hot, man, and their sheets are just beautiful at night. You do run hot. Miracle sheets, uh, Miracle sheets are the perfect gift for your spouse, friends, or family. Who doesn't want a better sleep and luxurious feeling bed sheets? Really is an underrated gift. Go to trymiracle.com slash giants to try it today or gift it to someone special this uh this year and we've got a special deal for our listeners save over 40 percent and if you use our promo code giants at checkout you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20 percent miracle so confident in their product is back with a third 30 day money back uh guarantee so if you're not 100 satisfied you get a full refund not a half refund not a three quarters refund a full refund upgrade your sleep with miracle made go to try miracle.com slash giants and use the code giants to claim your three free three-piece towel set and save over 40 percent off again that's try miracle.com slash giants to treat yourself a friend or a loved one this year you'll be glad you did i have a question for you uh, i hope i have an answer do you have like a clear path on like i want to go here next because I have, I have like, it's kind of like a big big picture question for you. I feel like it's okay to have like a little bit of a big picture pod. Yeah, I mean, I do want to talk some ball about the defense and yeah, Tommy know. DeVito and Saquon. But nobody but yeah, wants to hear that. But go for it. <laughs> Your season ends today. Joe Shane steps up to the mic. Joe Shane has asked the question, great question by Dan Duggan. Just giving Dan Duggan that honor. Where First you, question is going to Bruce Beck. Like, sure, what, do you, what Bruce, do you tell the fans? Yeah, yeah. What do you what, what do you, you tell, say to the fans? What do you tell the fans? Well, that's not the question I'm going to ask you, Joe Shane, Bobby Skinner. I'm going to ask you, where does it, where did it all go wrong, and where does it start? Is it Andrew Thomas getting hurt the first series of the year? Is it Joe Shane's not going to say this, but is it not like honestly? 
not having enough talent heading into the season, overestimating, like overvaluing the offensive line and Evan Neal being bad. Where where does it start? I do think it starts up front, and that starts with the Andrew Thomas injury. Okay. Uh, you know, we in those first uh, you know five games, you had some of the worst offensive line play in NFL history out there and it starts up front and then obviously this is not going to be a Joe Shane answer it starts with Daniel Jones not stepping up like playing his worst ball again and not just talking about oh the sacks just playing his worst ball that's where it starts um yeah I mean it kind of all trickles down from there like the the offensive line without Andrew Thomas uh and then Daniel Jones not being able to you know uh take take what's there make plays um, outside of those offensive line issues, right? And then it starts up front with not just Daniel Jones, the running game, right? You have Saquon Barkley, and you've had a very inefficient running game yeah. all season long. Um, so it does start up front, uh, and then that trickles that trickles into everything. Um, and did, defensively, you've gotten about 50-50 with good, good performances this year. Is, did he speak in the bye week during the bye week last year? I think he did, right? I don't think he did. No? Um he may have, but he didn't. I thought he would this year because of the Leonard Williams trade, but they, he didn't. Well, did we oh, the bye the week. bye week. Oh yeah, I don't remember to be honest. I'm I don't a, think he's going to be running to the podium either, though. I'm really, really again. They're not going to tell us anything. I, I, Joe Shane does give some nuggets, like you know the nuggets of the Daniel Jones love last year and the Sa- and the and the Saquon Barkley kind of like dismissal. Like that, we saw that that was actually true, and that's like reflective in contract negotiations. The Dexter Lawrence love that was reflected in contract negotiations. That you know we're going to look to extend Dexter. I'm really not even hearing what he has to say. Am am I interested, man? Do I want to be a fly on the wall and hear like, are they like totally? They 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 have to be surprised by this be it being this bad. I mean, there's the. The worst, the worst real cynic with realistic expectations. No one could expect it to be this bad. But they also were very ho-hum last year about their team. Like, Joe Shane was not talking about this team during the trade deadline last year, so he did speak during yeah, the trade deadline he last did, year. he did. He did, not, he did not speak. So he did speak during the trade deadline last year because that's where, you know, all the quotes came out about, you know, Joe Shane be, was very ho-hum. Not shopping hungry. Not shopping hungry and talking about how, you know, even – Looking at the one possession games and a lot of what the negative Nellies were doing last year about, you know, the Giants were one, you know, how many one possession games away from being a below 500 team. Joe, Joe Shane talked about that. So I'm really, really like interested to, to hear how they evaluate this roster and how far away do they still think that they are. It's such a complicated, nuanced conversation that I would, I would like kill to be a fly on the wall right now. Like what what he actually thinks. I think he's thinking about a quarterback, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is, again, that's not going to fix this team, but it does start kind of over, um, which fucking sucks. Um, so we're talking about big picture, and this is this is big picture. So obviously, every loss, there will be Brian Dable, Vitriol, and hate, right? And it's always more comp- complex than how you're feeling Sunday night after a game. Do you, Do you come away from this game – with like any takeaways from Brian Dable, the one thing I would point to is the two fourth and one false starts, right? Like that does to, uh, speak to discipline, and uh, you know I don't I don't look at that stuff and directly like at the end of the day the player is responsible, 
But again, you're the coach too, and you're responsible for the player. Um, and then the tush push, which even if even if they got that, I, I don't like doing that, uh, especially with the way they actually were running the ball in the game and Daniel Jones yeah. coming off of a freaking neck injury. And also stop doing it just because the Eagles are doing it. Yeah, you're not. It's it's. There's better plays to run on fourth and one for the New York Giants. Yeah, uh, and that's the second time they haven't got it. And you you know Bellinger and JMS got in. Actually, JMS got injured earlier in that game. Um, outside of that, I mean, what are what are your Brian Dable takeaways from this game offensively? Like maybe you can stick to the run a little more, even when that game gets away. But I just don't know, see it making too much of a difference. There is nothing game. schematically that I am hesitant about Brian Dable on. Nothing. Everything has to do with how he is managing injuries and managing these players. And also co- coaching up these players with special teams coordinator and offensive line coach. Really, no- nothing has changed. Like, the, this Raiders game doesn't sway me one, one, way or, one way or another. It's still just the continual frustration of how the Giants have dealt with injuries this year, how we went from praise over the summer of summer of sports science, and maybe they are a little too soft on them. Yeah, that could be one. It's like training camp needs to be tougher next year. No, may, maybe. I, I don't know. It, the, clearly, uh, the Giants don't know the answer. Um, management of players and certain levels of coaching because the lack of development in the offensive line is extremely... It's hindering this offense, and... Special teams has literally costed us Andrew Thomas, and it's costed us the Jets game this year. Yeah, another other big picture stuff, right? And this can this plays in the Shane too. It's like some of the some of the roster stuff with getting through the and they're not talking about his draft picks. So there's plenty of time to evaluate that shit. Um, like, why did you sign Cage York to the active roster? Yep. To not make him active, right? Yep. Like I understand, I understand he was on another practice squad, so to bring him in, you would have to assign him to active roster. But like that's just that's wasted money for what? Yeah, to get a look at it, to get a look at a kicker, yep. to get a look at a kicker. Um, you again, know what's so crazy? Something I've been preaching on the blocking tight ends, <sighs> yeah. right? Now Lawrence Cager actually did have a great block in a game, but he's not a good blocker on a down to down basis. Did you see that play where Jones? initially fell down and had the non-contact injury? Yeah. Who does Daniel Jones have to avoid because he's just standing in the backfield? Yeah. Cage, Lawrence Cage. And, and again, he had zero catches, zero yards. So the receiving output <laughs> doesn't justify the lack of blocking. And even if you like, and I'm not saying with Waller out, I still want Cager on the roster, but there has to be another tight end in yeah. there. So there's personnel stuff like that. And again, like this DJ stuff with the neck, it's if it's still in pain, like, man, that's, I, again, I'm not an expert on on that stuff, but that doesn't sound good at all. That he's playing with there with neck pain still, um, because Tyra Taylor got hurt and they and they forced they forced the. I don't think Daniel Jones would have been. Maybe they don't announce that he's cleared. If Tyra, this is my this is my fan theory conspiracy theory. If Tyra Taylor doesn't get hurt, they do not announce that Daniel Jones is cleared, and they play it week to week. That's my that's my conspiracy theory, and you could say that I'm wrong. That they would have announced it. They announced that Daniel Jones is cleared after the Jets game. After Tyrod Taylor gets hurt, to be like, all right, no, we're fine at quarterback. We're going right back to the starter. If Tyrod Taylor continues st- that, this is Mike fan conspiracy. Take it or leave it. You're right. But, but I what I want to say with the whole ro- you know roster construction and roster manipulation stuff like that. 
Bobby, what were we doing last year with the Giants making those in-season moves? With no cap space, by the way. They were scraping bottom of the barrels of practice squads last year. Henry Mundo, Nick McLeod was a was a post-August cutdown day acquisition. Fabian Moreau, Isaiah Hodgins. They made moves last year that we're like, oh my God, these guys are difference makers. Imagine when you actually give them a little bit of cap space and they have another offseason to a free agency or they have another offseason for draft picks or UDFAs. Imagine what, what they could do with more resources. They were almost better with zero resources than they are with more resources. They were better last year when they had no cap space, zero cap space to manipulate and make these little signings. And guys, okay, Henry Mundo, you're going to be a starter this week versus now they they look like they don't have a fucking clue. Yeah. Um, schematically, though, like we we're talking about, like that's that's kind of what you judge table on a lot. I actually, like when you look at, I know they only scored six points, but you had Tommy DeVito in there at quarterback. He had two interceptions. One is on a deep pass to Jalen Hyatt. The other one's on a on a slate, Darius Slayton pop up. When you consider that Tommy DeVito is the QB, like the managing of that actually, I felt like did fairly well. Like he had eight point eight yards per attempt, right? So it wasn't totally lost out there. Now, whenever the blitz came and pressure came, his eyes just went down, weren't looking down the field. But again, that's not a Brian Dable issue. That's a Tommy DeVito issue. So he'd either run or take a sack or try and throw the ball away. Um, he also had the checkdowns on fourth and long, which again is a you know, you remember actually Brian Dable complimenting Tommy DeVito in the preseason uh, finale because he's like, hey, earlier in camp, he checked down on a fourth down. And th- today you saw him go, you know, scramble around. And, yeah, well, and now you're out there the against field. the big boys. So, yeah. But again, that's that's a Tommy DeVito issue. And then Saquon had 19 touches for 113 yards, 5.6 yards per carry. Obviously, like his best in the season by far. His second best was 4.2 yards per carry versus Dallas. I guess you could say, hey, continue to run the ball, which I kind of somewhat agree with. Um, but I thought like offensively, like like their pl- stuff was good there. And again, like you think of it, DJ was before the injury was just missing guys like yeah. like you had a deep you had two deep passes of Jalen Hyatt one hey maybe it doesn't get completed uh, 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 anyways but the second one I mean he's wide ass open and you overthrow him um you know you over you sail one to Saquon Barkley you throw a ball to it almost gets intercepted on the sideline you miss one Dale Robinson on the pass so there was like there was opportunities and then again the running game was working well but when the passing game is kind of shitty it's hard to keep the running game going well Yeah, this is a week that I don't really care about schematics um I'll I'll agree with you that hey you know schematics wasn't the the game plan maybe not the game plan the schematics wasn't the reason why we lost this game I I I was expecting, talked about on the preview pod, thought this thought this would be the week that they would Houston Texans this game. Or, you know, remember the Houston Texans game last year where Saquon Barkley just got like 40 carries? I thought they would have that same approach against the Raiders. Like, I, I was pretty shocked to see the first two plays of the game where Daniel Jones is coming off of a neck injury, where the first two plays of the game, Daniel Jones is throwing the ball and two incompletions, and then obviously third and ten, you're throwing the ball, and then that's another incompletion, and then you go... Then you go three and out, and you don't even give Saquon Barkley the ball once, um, you know, against a pretty bad Raiders rush defense. So I guess obviously the game script gets away from you. So the only thing that I'm mad like this game, I guess, with Brian Dable is you. I think you got to give the ball to Saquon Barkley a little bit more early and a little bit more often. Does it make a difference in the game? No, but 
that's my approach. There what, you go. Why don't you talk to us some, about something before we talk about the defense? I'll quickly. talk to you about something. And man, this is well, how, what time? Which time are we at, Jeff? We're like twenty-five minutes. Twenty-seven minutes. Okay. All right. So yeah, let's let's get this. Let's do this, and then we'll talk about the defense. My favorite thing that I'm talking about this episode. It's the farmer's dog. Oh boy, just got an email. Farmer's dog is like, guess what? They sent me a shit ton, a shit ton of food for my dog Mikey. Just ran out. Got an email for the farmer's dog saying, guess what? This week, expect more. Perfect. Sent me the perfect amount. A shit ton. Perfect amount. I got my dog fed. Got to give my dog some bad dried food for the next couple days while I wait for the farmer's dog. And my dog is really excited, pissed at me because the farmer's dog is not going to be in his belly for the next couple days. And the results of switching your dog's food from kibble to fresh can seem like magic, but the farmer's dog doesn't use any sorcery or secret ingredients to make their fresh food just science. And guess what? It tastes good. Mikey enjoys it. He licks that bowl. I got to yell at him in the morning. I'm, I'm in a hurry. I'm about to miss my train headed to the city, headed to the John media office where we're recording right now like mikey stop licking the bowl you can lick it when you get back we got to go outside you got to take a dump his dumps are good too his poops are nice and healthy nice and solid and that's a nice little test to make sure that your dog's food is awesome get 50 percent off your first box of fresh healthy food at the farmer's slash john boy plus you get free shipping that's the farmer's slash john boy for 50 percent off bobby skinner you'll be glad you did i love telling you about my dog's poops when I read the farmer's dog ad, um, love talking poop. NASCAR, we uh, oh yeah, this is where we're at. NASCAR, I have the defense. <coughs> this is where, again, you're not talking big picture. What the hell? After the last three weeks, right? I'm not expecting them to fucking dominate every single play and every single drive, but they came out and got their ass kicked, right? The Raiders uh, rushed for 48 yards on five carries on the first drive, along with a big pass where Deontay Banks gets cooked. Now, you do have two punts, but then touch two touchdown drives where you're letting them run all over you, and they only threw the ball four times on those two drives. How many how many yards do you think they got on their four passes on those two drives? Well, they were both touchdowns, right? Over under 90 yards. Under. 89 yards yeah. on, on four plays. Um Banks probably had his worst game as a New York Giant, but again, you just—they were running power at you all game. They were just squeeze, kick, uh, pull, kick out the guard, lead with the guard, and just again run. the The total rushing stats for the Raiders don't tell the story because at the end of the game, they just kind of again mailed mailed it in. But Josh Jacobs was having—I mean, he was just getting untouched like five to ten yard runs. They just ran all over them. I'm interested that we'll go back and really watch the film and see exactly what that happened. But this is the worst rushing team in the NFL, and they just ran all over you. And the the worry was is hey without without Leonard Williams what is this rush defense going to look like and you know I I really hope that we didn't get a glimpse of of what it's going to be I hope it's just hey between Daniel Jones going down where I'm sure that really takes the wind out of you know the Giants this Giants team didn't have a lot of wind in their sails to begin with but you know seeing one of the, you know one of the their longtime teammates go down to Daniel Jones. That probably doesn't do good for confidence in the room. And, you know, hey, I, I really want to be out here and I really want to play hard. Um, you know, certainly, you know, the Raiders, you know, with it being the uh, the Antonio Pierce game. And we want to go out there. We want to play hard for ourselves. We want to play hard for our new coach and, you know, give a big F you to Josh McDaniels. And that's what that's what the, you know, the interim head coach first game does for a team. So so good for the Raiders that they looked good. But it, it's really discouraging that, again, that this Giants defense was legitimately a 
a top five unit over the last month of the season, and they play an offense that is bad against a bad quarterback that Aiden O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. He had an average time to throw of like 2.25 seconds, was able to push the ball down the field on an average of eight and a half yards per throw, which is crazy. To have a time to throw close to two seconds, somehow push the ball eight and a half yards down the field, while also having a completion percentage over expected minus 6.5. So he wasn't... Aiden O'Connell. They left the middle of the field wide open. Whether it was, it was very a couple, weird. a couple times where Deontay Banks uh, got beat, Cordell Flott too. But there was all Cordell Flott continues to make mental mistakes, even though he does have great man coverage reps. Uh, Banks got beat, and then there was just no inside presence, especially on third downs, which is just like weird to not have those droppers back. But I thought they, I guess they must have been worried about like Myers and Adams on the outside. Which again, neither. I, I think that's when I go back and really watch this film. That's what the story will tell because Myers and Adams, you know, each had you know one had thirty eight yards and one had thirty four yards. So they those guys didn't beat you, but you allow you know a deep pass to Trey Tucker, and you know the the play like the Myers twenty four yard catch was just beating Deontay Banks on a slant where he just totally mistimed his jam. Um, and then Renfro had a couple passes over the middle. They just were able to complete passes over the middle, even though they didn't uh, complete a ton. Um, yeah, just left the middle of the field wide open. The pass rush wasn't there, but they did get the ball out quick. Who had the one QB hit? No sacks. Who had the one QB hit? I didn't even check the game book. Who had the one QB hit? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Micah McFadden. It was Micah McFadden. Yeah. Good job. Uh, I think he had two tackles for a loss in this game, too. So I guess he looked good. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll cave on after saying that, you know, oh, Kayvon, you know, really picking it up. Where were you? I thought he got his ass kicked in the run. It's tough when the quarterback's getting rid of the ball on, on, on an average of 2.25 seconds. So, I, you know, I'll give the pass there. If the court, you know, if it, it's a game plan against the Swing Martindale defense that a quarterback needs to get rid of the ball quick. Uh, but he did get his ass kicked in the run game, I thought, a little bit. Can we end talking about WFAN? Yeah, let's let's actually do. I, I would actually really like to talk about that. that we we have time. I, yeah, we can. We'll, we'll if you don't care about that, just the pod's over. Um, let's go big blue. I've been pretty fascinated by it. Um, and I thought it was over. And then Lakata tweeted out today. Anyone have a stat line on cave on for today? Didn't have a chance to break down the film. yet. I thought that was overly petty. Um, but I've been kind of fascinated by the reaction to it where be honest. I feel like people are being a little oversensitive with, I think people are being way more sensitive than, I mean, banks did cancel the spot. Um, but I feel like people are acting like they like threatened to kill car banks. They yeah. just, they, <laughs> on them. Uh, I actually thought Gio's rant was halfway decent. And I under like, I kind of understand him going at Gary Myers because Myers did like, like, you know, beg them to, you know, come and promote his book. Um, but it's, it's been fascinating. And then I looked up the ratings. They're killing it. Like their October book, they're dominating it. I, I don't have a ton on it, but I was, isn't that what radio is though? Yeah, but I think so. I don't think people are like oh, they're just hot takes saying stupid stuff. Now they do say some stupid shit, and that is that does happen on radio. You want to know why and I think how they hear me- just stupid shit? I think their social media team is the devil. I think their social media, even times when they're like maybe saying something a little lighthearted. Now that wasn't the Lakota, Tierney, Kayvon conversation. That was them. That I, they, I think they were wrong talking about his body and stuff like that. Um. And Kayvon obviously shut them up last week. Not this week. Obviously not. Um, but their social media team, like, 
takes anything they say that might be dumb or whatever and clips it up and posts it out there and writes an article saying this guy does it. And it's like they're trying to make their hosts. It's like maybe their hosts are dumb, but their their social media uh, people. It's like they're it's like they are awful announcing where they're like they're looking for the dumb shit yeah. to go out there and post. Yeah. When when in all reality, it's like. I don't want to say hey, the Carl Banks and Lakata and Tierney beef was that's what radio is all about. I think everything that followed it, that's what radio is all about. Yeah. Like I don't, I understand the whole, like uh geo that was like, obviously the I'm wiping my ass with your book is a little like not over the line, but it's like a little over dramatic, but it's like, are we that, are we, are we going to clutch our pearls about, a Gary My- Gary Myers. I mean, why did people? Who, by love- the way, like and, and, like the players that are trying to get in the Hall of Fame, like they suck up to Gary Myers because yep. Gary Myers is like the advocate for New York sports yep. for Hall of Fame. Um, I mean, why do people love Carton? Why did Car- Carton? Yeah, but people Carton, hate Carton too. Uh, but, but people also love him, and Carton has a fucking show on Fox, and Carton doesn't back down to people. People, yeah. The I idea- feel like this is what radio is. I think that the most. Again, I don't think they should have hung up on Carl. The part I get annoyed is like where they're supposed to like worship Carl Banks. Right. We're like, okay, so that if you listen to that full interview, I see where their aggravation where Carl wasn't saying anything. He was just being like, oh, you guys are being weird and fans and stuff like that. They didn't like explain like he could have just explained what what Kayvon was doing well. Right. But he and he didn't. But he didn't. He was just kind of like being like, "Well, you guys don't know. You guys don't know." And they were saying, "Okay, tell, doing tell doing us. doing the fo- doing the football tell thing us. that I hate. The doing the football player thing of you guys don't. You guys never were there. You guys don't know." But he didn't tell him. That's the thing. You could you could tell him. And they, so, and they were trying to say, they "Well, tell us, hung- Carl." And they and Carl Banks was just was so not telling. I, them. I get the frustration. They shouldn't have hung up. And then Geo's Geo's rant was spot on where it's like it's not a very entertaining spot it's poor it's through the giants um but it's, and it's probably resulted in more people know. listening to their show than they ever than anybody would have ever it really does like they and that was before even before that if you look at their october book they're dominating ratings. and which, the jet which the, isn't the always jets game. Just, what did you say monday morning jets game i'm listening to wfa in the whole day right yeah so it does now it doesn't justify Saying like if you're saying stupid shit on purpose and not like being tongue in cheek about it, I don't care if your ratings are good. I'm not going to like you, but I think for the most part, that's not fully what they do. Like obviously, you have to, you know, you have to be a little, uh, you know, you know, you have to be passionate, more passionate than you would be in a regular conversation. But I thought I think it's been pretty fascinating. Where I feel like Carl's not as offended. As as everyone else is now, I wish Carl would just come out and say what he feels, though. Too, or right. Carl won't do that, which I guess is taking the high road. But I would, I'd be much more interested if Carl just came out and like said what he, one hundred percent thought of them, which is not what he's saying publicly. But I guess that's that's taking the high road. I'm not really a take the high road when it comes to radio guy. But all right, that was pretty boring. I thought that'd be a little more entertaining. All right, um, anything else? This sucks. Yeah, it really does. I'm still not over. It's going to take me. I'll, I'll probably get over it pretty quick. You know, when, when as soon as Daniel, if Daniel Jones lands on IR and if Daniel Jones, the season's over, but man, I, I'm still not over like the excitement that we felt over the summer about this team, Bobby. And I'm still not over not having that season play out. I was really excited for this year. 
I was really excited for what this offense could accomplish. And even if the, even if they're 500 right now, Bobby, even if they're 500, that's like, all right, we're in it, man. We're in the fight. And we're going to end the year, and we're going to try and you know live and die with every week. And I would have been down for it, even if we're one game under 500. I'm like, yeah, let's attack November. Let's attack December. That means that the Giants' off- offense is average, and maybe you know we're you know a, an injury two away on defense from getting a guy back, and let let's go. It sucks. Yeah, this sucks. This I'm not, and I'm not on the whole. Has there been a, a beginning of season that's been worse than? I mean, it's basically 2017. Relative to the expectations, it's 2017 is the only season that that compares. But 2016, the offense was shit. 2022, the offense was not shit. They were. They were average in spite of a lot of other things going wrong, like the right side of the offensive line being 32nd in explosive pass rate. And besides the right side of the offensive line, they did all the things that they prop that they did all the things that they could have responsibly done to try and make this offense more explosive. And probably their biggest mistake was trusting this quarterback. And sorry, that's that's it's not a, it's it's a mistake that I would have made too. So um, th- this sucks. I'm, I'm not over. I know a lot of people are like, oh, you got to talk about table more fire. Be more mad at table. Be more mad at this. Be more mad at that. I'll have all off season to reflect on what this team needs to do differently and what this team needs to do. And I'm still pretty sad and upset that this year did not go according to plan. We'll have a lot of time to talk about the Jets, what, what the team needs to do. Killed me on that. And this game was just like this. This game was literally just beating a dead horse for me. All right, and I have that dead horse that this game beat. All right, that's an episode. We'll but be guess back. what? Hmm. Uh, next time I'm going to see you is for the New England game. We're winning one more game this year. Oh, that's the one win. Is It's the Patriots game. I'll be there playing a bad team. Patriots game. We don't even need to do a preview pod with that. That's okay. <laughs> All right, that's uh, – yes, I'll, I'll see you at the end of the month after, thanks, after Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. Uh, we'll be back Wednesday with the mailbag. Oland Port, Andrew Thomas will be in the Oland Port, so we can at least look forward to that. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>